Yeah, let's get some oh. moist. Wow, you made AJ do a spit take that you missed. No, I like really. Hello, I'm Seth, and I've seen Once Once. I'm Bob, and I've seen Once Twice. Welcome to Not Even Once. A podcast where Seth and I recount each episode of Once Upon a Time to share with you. Last time, we watched the episode 7.15 a.m. In the fairy tale realm, we saw Snow White was blackmailed into telling Prince James that she doesn't love him. When James called off his marriage to Abigail Midas to look for snow, the audience learns she took a potion to help her forget everything about her love for Prince James and Prince James himself. One of the most brutal scenes that... Oh, it was gut-wrenching. There's been a cu- There were a few in there where it's like, oh, this is just going to get worse and worse and worse, isn't it? This is the context for the Storybrook plot, where David and Mary Margaret get trapped in a storm and confess that they wish they could just quit each other. At the end of the episode, they engage in true love's kiss, which was witnessed by Regina. Standing in the background with an umbrella. Just camera spin, stop, focus, Regina. Yeah, they, they go in for this beautiful kiss. They step away. Regina's just standing in the background. It's really good. It was perfect. Also, there's a stranger in this town, and he's white and prosing. Yeah. Prosing? That was supposed to be, you know. Oh, okay. Wop, wop, wop. (laughs) You're really trying to make it work. I appreciate it. Someone has to. (laughs) Why not a white guy? (laughs) This episode is called Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Uh, it was directed by Brian Spicer, and this is the only one that of Once Upon a Time that he directed. And you might have seen his directing work in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in 1995. Shut up. He directed the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, Not like the recent one, but like the 90s one, the original movie. Ivan Ooze. Yeah, Ivan Ooze. He's directed a lot of other stuff, like the usual shows we've seen, like X-Files, Fringe, Eureka, Castle, uh, and also on the new Hawaii Five-O and Magnum P.I. I'm sorry, did you say he directed Eureka's Castle? Eureka, and then Castle as well. Aww. He also directed uh, an, the episode of Salute Your Shorts that is now preserved by the Paley Center for Media. Uh, it's from season one, it's the Sponge Saga. I never really watched Salute Your Shorts, but I know it's like a well-known show. It was barely there when I started like watching Nickelodeon, or mm. it was Nickelodeon, right? Yeah, yeah it, was it was Nickelodeon. Because that was like the Nick Magazine era. I always, those commercials did a great job of selling me Nick Magazine. I never got it. <laughs> I was not successful convincing my parents to to get Nickelodeon Magazine for me. That time period, that just, salute your shorts. Hey, dude, you can't uh, do that on television. Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, my God. My sister and I used to have this game where we would try to say that, say the title mm-hmm. without laughing. See, it was not easy. All of this was like before my, like before I was watching Nickelodeon. Like I think I was on like maybe Nick Jr. at the time. Oh, that's so cute. So like Pete and Pete, all like all over my head. Like I know I was never in that age group. You missed out on Alex Mack. Yep. Closer. Clarissa explains it all. Same thing. I wanted to watch Clarissa explains it all. I didn't get it. Bob, it was nice doing this podcast with you. I don't know <laughs> if I can anymore. <laughs> 
Fair. Goodbye, Jeff. The episode was also written by Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss, who also wrote The Shepherd. Shepherd. It originally aired on January 29th, 2012. So. Oh, he's back. This time I actually wrote down what my prediction was from the last episode. Oh, cool. My guess last time is that this would be the episode where Snow eats the apple and Regina exposing David and Mary's kiss. No. No. <laughs> no, heart. On the title screen, we see a lamp, a very Aladdin lamp, and smoke coalesces into a person who looks awfully blue. I wonder what this episode will be about. Gabba D. Also, last time was the first time that I noticed that the O kind of distorted the background in a uh, magnifying glass. Yeah. It also does that this time, so I think that's just something that I never noticed before. I clocked that as well since you brought it up last time, for sure. So when this episode starts, I don't know if you noticed, but the first shot that we get is of, I think it's Emma's sheriff car, and it's the rearview mirror. I did not remember noting about that, but I do know there there was a shot. Mm -hmm. It's either the, the rear view mirror or the side mirror. I think it's probably the side mirror, actually. It was the side mirror. I thought it just started on the actual watching Henry uh, bike on the coast, but if it did start in the side mirror, yeah. I I think uh, we talked a lot about this in the, uh, the Heart is a Lonely Hunter, about the Huntsman, how the scene transitions were all very, like, going into his eye or something like that. Like, a lot of the scene transitions, or at the very least, when we see Sydney, he's in a mirror or he's framed by a giant mirror. And I thought it was a really cool touch. Yes. Like, cinematographically. Framed. Like the frame of a mirror. I thought that was a really, really interesting touch, and uh, I liked how they did that. Yeah, it's an in interesting way to integrate the characterization of uh, the cast into the actual cinematography. Yeah. But the episode itself, Henry is biking along the coast past Emma's sheriff car, just totally ignores her as she tries to get his attention, goes to, up to his drift, driftwood castle, worried that the storm from last episode had exposed or lost his fairy tale book. We learn that the castle is supposed to be a secret from his mom when guess who appears? She found out real fast. Real fast. She's there to tell Henry he has an appointment with Archie and he's late. Get in the car now. Regina comments pretty truthfully about the ramshackle state of this castle. Yes, I I was like, in a vacuum, this is not bad advice, actually. It's like, this is a dangerous place for a kid to be. I'm pretty sure we commented that the first time we saw it. It's like, yeah, in a vacuum, yes, that is a good advice from a parent. But it's Regina, so you know she has some ulterior motives. You let him play here? What the fuck? What the fuck? You neglectful piece of shit, <laughs> says the woman who doesn't know where her child is at any given moment. Yeah, it's like, so many double standards. Regina, <laughs> never. <laughs> not her. Really, the point of what she's saying is that basically she's telling Emma to start being responsible. She's the sheriff now. Also, when did Henry get his book back? I thought Regina had it at some point because, like, she was flipping through it and there was a page that he tore out. Yes, she had it earlier in the show. He took it back, I believe. Or oh. maybe that's just a legit plot hole. I don't remember it. It may have happened. 
I just take notes. I just don't remember anything after that. I feel there being a thing because, like, it was buried at the the castle. I yes. remember that. Like, I vaguely remember there being a thing where he's like, "I'm going to keep this here. Like, it's, it's this will be its hiding spot." I don't really remember how he got it back, but I feel like it did happen. Okay. The next thing we see is Emma bitching about Regina to Mary at Granny's Diner, which again we know it's early in the day because there's no tablecloths. <laughs> Mary says under her breath that Regina knows everything about the town as the mayor. And then she gets a text on her brick of an old Nokia phone. She was playing Snake. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was the note that I had. I miss playing Snake in class. It It's amazing to me how much technology will age a show. Because by all means, like... It looks like it's a pretty modern show. Like it's it it's shot in HD. Like it's good cinematography. Like it's it's all that. But then someone brings out this like not even a flip phone. It's a brick. It's a Nokia brick phone. And mm-hmm. it's like oh, this is an old show. It's like it's same thing like when I'm watching like old episodes of The Office where it's like oh, technology was not what I thought it was then. Yep. The text that Mary gets is from David saying they need to meet at their special place. Mary gets up from the table, and as soon as she takes two steps off frame, Sidney Glass sits down. Slightly slurred speech and a brown drink in his glass, so he's supposed to be drunk, but he's he's not, like, under the table. Yeah, he's he is buzzed, I think. He sits down and says, I can grant your wish. And immediately I'm like, is he two people? Yeah. Oh, is, is he multiple fairy tale characters? Uh-oh. Also, oh boy, here we go. We got our theme. Regina is absolutely in Sydney's burn book. The way he was so angry talking about her and slurring his words. Regina is a dumb bitch who I... She can't even read. Sydney and Regina are done. Over. Finished. After the election for sheriff, she got him fired from the newspaper, and now he's working on an expose to show how crooked she is. Before Emma leaves, Sydney makes sure to give Emma his card to give him a call. In the fairy tale realm, the person who Sydney was is looking at himself in a mirror. He's wearing a movie studio's idea of a turban, a heavily jeweled vest, and facial hair that kind of looks like a Van Dyke, except it doesn't connect on the sides. Is is Sydney really both a genie and the magic mirror? Yes. Itty bitty living space. And a round thing in your face. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he is, like, in this, like, tiny little conversation pit. And, like, as the camera pans up, you see, like, the sky, which I thought was, I thought that looked really cool. Yeah, it was another really nice transition. As you see, he's just sitting there in this I Dream of Genie inside the lamp room. Mm-hmm. And the camera zooms out from the top of the lamp to show a uh, new person, an old English king type looking guy. Mm-hmm. Bob, who is this? Yeah, uh, it is Snow White's dad, which <gasps> is the first time we've seen him, too. I mean, we saw his coffin in the last episode. Did we ever really even get a name for him before? Nope. Nope, he's never been named. So uh, I wasn't going crazy. We just <laughs> never knew. Cool, got it. Yeah, uh, this is King Leopold, uh, as we find out. Uh, he's played by Richard Schiff. He was originally a director that did a bunch of stuff off-Broadway. He directed Angela Bassett in Antigone. Let's go, Mama! And also... Yeah, right? And also, he was scouted by Steven Spielberg from when he was on, like, a TV show that I'd never heard of and was cast in the Jurassic Park sequel. And, like, 
you he's most well known for playing the White House communication director Toby Ziegler on The West Wing. Most known. Yeah, he was I, I, he was on like six seasons of that show. Oh wow! And then like he bounced, but like he was a major character on that. He's also been in House of Lies, Murder in the First, and Elizabeth Warren's favorite show, Ballers. Ballers. Is, Is that legit? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, fully. Shit. Yeah, no, no, like, look it up. It's real. He's also voicing Odin in the new God of War game. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He is, like, the level of pedigree that, like, Giancarlo Esposito is now. I totally thought you were about to say he's the level of petty, and I'm like, mood? <laughs> no, like, he's he has been in so many, like, his, his IMDB page is fucking massive. Like, just, it's wild. Um... And uh, last thing, he is uh, currently a series regular on The Good Doctor. I don't know that show. It's that show with the kid who played Charlie from the Tim Burton Charlie in the Chocolate Factory being an autistic doctor. And it's like, oh, because he's autistic, he's a very good doctor. And that's what makes him a good doctor. It's a show. I already watched Doogie Howser. Fun fact. Oh, that's right. That came back. This guy was also on the original Doogie Howser. Well, fuck me. (laughs) Like I said... He has a fucking IMDb page. So, like we said, the camera zooms out, and we see uh, he rubs the lamp to kind of clean the water off of it, and out comes the genie, who really tells us who he is. You've awakened the genie of Agrava. So the genie... You did a round thing in your face. And I got sprung. <laughs> God damn it. I was the one who did that. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. So the genie starts explaining, you know, the expected rules, three wishes, can't wish for more wishes, can't wish for love or death, no take backsies, etc. And this dude can't think of anything to wish for. King Leopold is so content. Yeah, at, at first, I say at first, he seemed like he was a, I was like, oh wow, this guy's like really benevolent. He's probably a great king. Yeah, and when we find out that he's Snow White's father, we're like, oh yeah, he's probably just, you know, perfect and awesome, same way she is. No, we find out the end of the episode. (laughs) No, angry face. Hmm. I love derogatory. No, derogatory. I like jumping ahead a little bit. I love the reveal because like, we know he's Snow White's dad because we watched the episode, but like it's like a good like maybe like three or so minutes before the shoe drops. That's like, oh, this is Regina's husband and Snow White's dad. Like, mm-hmm. and that, that was a really cool reveal. He's the missing link. Oh, yeah. So when he says that he doesn't need to make any wishes, Jeannie just kind of harumphs and sits down. Dude's like, "What's up? What's the problem?" He's like, well, I'm What's just... What's tea, sis? <laughs> What's tea? Ooh, spill. That's what I'm talking about. So since uh, Jeannie's, like, just kind of bummed upset, he's like, well, I've just been serving this lamp for so long, and, like, now been it's serving just... serving this lamp. Work house down! I've been serving as the genie in the lamp for so long, and it's just, like, the same every time, and it's, ugh, so boring. This is kind of, like... At first, he is not... Aladdin genie like he's not Robin Williams level but like this is kind of it kind of started to show with it he was like it's kind of the same every time it's boring yeah and so Leopold is like well how about this since I can't think of anything to wish for what is it that you want I'll use my wishes for you and does what Aladdin takes an entire movie to do wishes for genie's freedom and even does when the wish is granted the cuffs disappear from his wrists and it's like oh wow 
You're really just like, skip that entire fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm, stay tuned. And then for the second wish, Leopold wishes to transfer his third wish to Genie. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the third wish. Nope, we're going to tuck that in our pocket. Genie says, no, 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 I know magic always comes with a price. Okay. So I'm just never going to use this. Someone finally did their homework for once on the show until... He had been to therapy, but that was thousands of years ago. So mm, like it was a, he needed to get a get a touch back up. Mm. So what does he do with this freedom set? He's gonna look for true love. And Leopold invites him back to his place. His very real garden. Giggity. Ew. Mm. His very real, clearly not CGI'd uh, green screen garden that looks great in the daytime. And that's where we find out. King Leopold's name, and we find out that his daughter is Snow White, and his wife, his queen, Regina. Oh, Camera pans over to an apple tree. She's picking it, and she's wearing white. White fur. This incredible outfit that is a fucking sleigh on her. It's an embroidered white ball gown with fur trim at the wrists, at the neck. She's got this fascinator that looks like it was made out of the leftover scraps from the trimming. Do you know what isn't a sleigh, though? What? How this white fur outfit looks on the green screen where you can clearly see the artifacting from the green screen behind it. You know, sometimes we just need to take the positives in our life and embrace those. Oh, she's she looks for, like truly amazing. Like, Absolutely. This is one of the best looks she's been in so And far. it's so off-book for fairy tale Queen Regina, because she's always been in blacks, very dark. Mm, like, spidery, almost. Like, so this white really gives, like, oh, is something different here? She's serving soft femme right now. Yes. I'm not, I'm not voguing, it's just hot in here. <laughs> Fanning yourself. <laughs> This is also the first episode where we find out that Regina's enchanted forest name is also Regina. Yes, we do have confirmation of that here as well. I've just kind of been calling her Evil Queen or Queen Regina mm-hmm. just because. Yeah. But her, we get her first line, her earliest line, mm-hmm. timeline-wise. And it's, hello, giving very Jennifer Coolidge. Hi. And just really... <laughs> Bless her. Just, it's giving Jennifer Coolidge. It's giving Melania Trump with Anderson Cooper. Hello. Like, I'm very being. <laughs> I'm very being. <laughs> that Melania Trump was very being, wasn't she? <laughs> How I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta find a doctor, Seth. <laughs> How I'm trying to be. How I'm trying to be. Yes. <laughs> I was absolutely about to say that. I'm so sorry. No, no. No, it's perfect. It's not going in anyway. Meanwhile, in Maine, Maine Henry is standing and watching Construction Crane tear down his castle and cries to Emma that Regina is having it torn down. And also, his book is gone. Regina's standing off to the side. Emma comes up to her to say, congratulations, you've destroyed the thing that he loves. And like Emma, that's literally her deal. Yeah. I don't know if you've been paying attention these 11 episodes, but like, that's it. My exact note was she has to ruin everyone's happy ending, including her own son, who was not involved in the curse. Regina responds with, learn your place, Miss Swan, or soon enough, you won't be in it. Regina, you've been trying this again for 11 episodes. 
and I'll get that. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'll get you next time, Miss Swan. It's very like Team Rocket riding away <laughs> the Meowth hot air balloon. Like I'll get you next time, but at the same time, like Regina, Emma is an elected official. Like that's kind of difficult to run out of town. So is Regina. I mean. Emma's just there. Like, I think Regina is the one who keeps saying, I'm going to run you out of town. I mean, we find out that Emma tries to burn her. Oh, yeah. oh we, no, it was a few episodes ago that someone tried to burn Regina. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Ripple Stiltskin. We'll come back to that, though. <laughs> so when Regina walks away, Emma pulls out Sydney's card and gives him a call. Meanwhile, Mary walks over to David, who is waiting on the toll bridge, which looks a lot different than the last time we saw the toll bridge. It was like really low and right above those rocks that didn't have the water coming over them. I told you, Seth, there's high tide and low tide. I didn't know high and low applied to the bridge itself as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a magical town in Maine. Come on. I did. I, I did note, though, after... All of the drama last episode between Snow White and Prince Charming. It was just nice seeing them like go on a little picnic. Yeah. That was really nice. He's upset that she's late and she's like, what's wrong? I thought it was an emergency. And he's like, yeah, you're late for our picnic. The wine's getting warm. It's it's almost as if he's not cheating on his wife. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> so like they're making out and it's another uh, angel uh, choir. Again, back to Emma, who meets Sydney in a tunnel, looking decidedly like Inspector Gadget. Exactly. He is wearing the exact Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget. The movie. way the way the tr- not trench coat, the way the coat is. Uh, oh, it's a trench coat. It's fully a trench I coat. I thought trench coats were longer. No, that it's well. His coat is pretty long. Yeah, it is. It is a pretty long coat. You didn't see the episode. He's talking about Inspector Gadget. I was talking about uh, Sydney's. It yeah, cuts I, off just, like, at his hips. Oh, I figured it went down. I mean, he looks like Inspector Gadget. Like It cuts at his hips. Mm. Like, mm, maybe if you had a fashion... No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we all know Sydney lives for the drama. And you know he's going to turn a look at this, like, weird, surreptitious meeting. Well, his close relationship with Regina says it just implies. Yeah, yeah, her her uh, her love of drama for sure rubbed off on him. So the clue that he has for Emma about Regina being super crooked is that fifty thousand dollars is missing from the town's budget and it's unaccounted for. Emma's skeptical, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. Or as Sydney puts it, all we need is a crack in the mirror to show everyone. Ooh. He just loves mirrors. Yeah, we've got all of those uh, metaphors going. <laughs> just Jean Carlo Esposito, Marge Simpson meme. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I just think they're neat. That's a really good Marge. Thank you. In King Leopold's castle, there's a feast or gathering for his birthday. He starts going on about how much he loves Snow and Snow's mother. His Meanwhile, daughter. He loves his daughter so much. I love my wife. And then his... His current wife is off to the side, sitting alone in the VIP, single tear going down her face. It is, it is enchantingly like Candy Muse sitting alone in the VIP. And in fact, I might make a Photoshop of that. Oh please! So she's feeling super bummed that all the attention is about how much uh, Leopold loves Snow, and because it reminds him of Snow's mother. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting there second fiddle to a memory. So she leaves, which, like, fair. That's kind of, like, shitty. 
It's wild how far away the king's wife is sitting from the thrones, though. Like, she's literally on the opposite side of the room. I mean, there's also no dinner table in front of the throne, so maybe he moved? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be a different room. I don't know. I mean, I think Regina's just very in her feelings right now, and Mm. also she's just playing it up. She needs the drama, which is funny because she thought no one followed her outside. But Jeannie did. Jeannie followed her outside. To the garden, the CGI garden that... I must say, looks a lot better at night, actually. They're getting a lot better in general as time goes on. Well, and it's only 11 episodes in. Yeah, I th- well, I think the, the CGI, it, like, night just automatically will look better than daytime. Because, like, if, it, if it's lit artificially, it's going to look kind of goofy. Shadows also hide a lot of imperfections. Thank you. Someone says it. Finally. <laughs> That's why we wear black. Uh, Regina talking to herself. <laughs> So Jeannie follows Regina outside, and he's like, hey, what's up? I know I noticed your vibe is kind of down. And he's a... Gene Carlo Esposito, in this episode, I just gotta say, he's a really good actor. I mean, like, if you've seen Breaking Bad, you probably know Giancarlo Esposito. He's a very good actor. I didn't, but I take your word for it. Yeah, he's really, really good in this. She confesses that she feels kind of shitty being second fiddle to a memory of his first wife. Jeannie's like... Hey, babe, I got you. Pulls out a mirror to give her as a gift and declares that he sees her as the fairest in all the land. Ooh. What a flirt. In Storybrooke, Emma and Sydney are looking through boxes and boxes of files in Mary and Emma's apartment. The records pertaining to when the 50000 transfer happened are missing. Mary comes in, and when she learns they're digging up dirt in Regina, she comments, Interesting work. Oh, I approve. Emma wants to keep doing research by the books, but Sydney says basically the ends justify the means. You have to play a little bit dirty to get back at her. Mm-hmm. And Mary, being there too, kind of goes along with it, being like, hey, yeah, j- you know, y- if, you're, if you're cheating a little bit, if, if you're getting the good stuff, whatever. Mary Margaret, struggling to justify her cheating. <laughs> Absolutely. Works to justify Emma's cheating. And in this moment, you see Emma's eyes dart towards her, and she has this, wait a fucking minute, look on her face. What the heck is going on around here? What the heck is going on here, This is new information from (laughs) you. So Emma's solution to this is, nope, we're keeping above ground. We're just going to go have a chat with Regina. In Regina's office, the excuse that she's got is that she can't keep track of all of her transactions. Just check the records. All of her $50,000 transactions. Which, like, $50,000 is still a lot. There should be mm-hmm. a treasurer, someone keeping account of all that. Yeah, there. that is a large enough sum of, sum of money that there should be some bookkeeping. Especially for, for a small town. Mm-hmm. But what's that? All the records from them are missing? That must mean it. I check them out, as I do often. Oh, what's that? The records are from three weeks ago? They must have burned. In a fire. Where you saved me and then got elected sheriff. Just Regina, like, going full bitch. Convenient. How convenient that those that those records that you need so bad now burned three weeks ago. It's convenient for both of us, I suppose. And it was funny that I look back and I'm like, oh, wait. That was three episodes ago. Yeah, they're they're doing a pretty neat job of, like, really keeping time with how, how stuff is going. So Emma leans over, 
hands on the desk, staring Regina right in the eye, being like, uh... Doing her uh, her special trick. Yeah, her I can tell when someone's lying. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, yeah, we got nothing. Let's go. But as, as we find out... She planted a listening device on the underside of the desk. Icon. Fucking iconic behavior. Like, you fucking go. You go, Glenn Coco. Seems like Emma has decided to play dirty. In fairy tale, Jeannie comes to King Leopold who knows that Regina's heart belongs to another. He knows this by reading her fucking diary. Yeah, maybe King Leopold is kind of a shitlord. For someone who until now has only been remembered fondly, this is super fucked up. Yeah, it's incredibly fucked up, actually. He reads out, Last night, a man gave me a gift, and though it was but a simple mirror, it awakened feelings that I had abandoned long ago. Hope for love and companionship even though I am trapped in my husband's court. So, Leopold, you read this, and you know she's unhappy, profoundly unhappy. And your first thought is that she has betrayed you? You fucking shitbag. Yeah, he sucks. Jeannie says that she would never act on these feelings, and Leopold says love makes people do foolish things. These writers really do not like love, do they? They've called it a disease. They've said it makes people do foolish things. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, at the same time, it's always, like, the bad guys that say that, right? Sure. (laughs) We're, we're still in the first half of the season. There's still yet uh, chances to see love but, save the day. But they're also doing things to cast the bad guys in sympathetic lights. Rumpelstiltskin only got all that power because he wanted to protect his son. Regina is in this really shitty situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost as if it's very complicated. Go to therapy. Yeah, go to therapy, actually. Leopold wants Jeannie to find the man who has stolen Regina's heart. Although it's kind of hard to steal something that you never had to begin with. (laughs) In Storybrooke, Emma and Sydney are listening to recordings from Regina's office. And there was a sus call about Regina making a payment in cash, in secret, that nobody can know about. When they take the sheriff's car to check the situation out, they find the brake light's been cut. And the car crashes. But fortune favors them, and as they're walking to the handoff site, they come across Mr. Gold. I love Gold! Who says that he was the one on the other line of that call. Regina had just bought the land that they are currently standing on. Just another instance of Mr. Gold just walking through the woods. Walking through the woods. In a very conspicuous manner. Yeah, the very hilly, uneven... Uh, woods, where he is a man who purportedly does not have the full ability to walk. He just loves the garden. In the woods. Mm. Nowhere near his home. Where is his home? Does he live in the pawn shop? I think, yeah, I think the implication is, like, he lives, like, above the pawn shop or something. Living in the pawn shop, baby. It was super (laughs) dumb. Doesn't mean I'm not saying it. (laughs) Back to the genie. He's about to eat an apple from the tree that we saw Regina with earlier when Henry, Queen Regina's father, Henry, mm-hmm. not 30 year old in a 10 year old body. Yeah. That Henry comes up to meet him in her stead. Now, he has this box that he gives to the genie. What what did you think was going to be in that box? What's in the box? Well, I've seen seven. So like mm, Squinteth Paltrow's head. Yep. Box! 
I figure it, it, this show doesn't like to sit on secrets, so like we're not going to have to wait too long to find out. Yeah, that's true. And, true. and it, it, we don't. Like either this scene or the very next scene. Yeah. So Jeannie needs to be the one to give the box to Regina because the guards know that Henry will do anything for Regina and they won't let him pass. And because her heart belongs to someone else, Leopold has had her locked in her room. But King Leopold trusts Jeannie. So Jeannie is able to bring the box. This is fucking some bend over backwards logic. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Fuck. It's it's wild how whenever we get like outside of the immediate bubble of like Snow White and like Prince Charming and like, you know, like the heroic characters, it becomes Game of Thrones so fast. Like Oof. it just goes it takes a hard right into low fantasy, no magic. We are going to kill people. King's doing treacherous things like it goes wild. We got to bring the drama and Regina's involved. So like it's going to be that up. Everyone's going to be swimming in those stakes. This drama goes up to 11. These go to 11. (laughs) Back in Maine, Maine. Emma's throwing caution to the wind and breaks into Regina's office to try to find out why Regina wanted to buy the land from Mr. Gold. You know, caution isn't the only thing that Emma throws to the wind. She throws a rock to the wind through a window. (laughs) She sure girl bosses into City Hall. Snow White's the only one that gets the girl boss. Um, excuse you, Emma, Emma Cinderella. Cinderella she girl boss anyone? I th- she broke into Mr. Gold's pawn shop. She girl bossed her way. the first brick at Goldwall. Yep. Yeah, no, like, it's the one of the only ways to break into a place. Just throw a rock through the window. <laughs> yep. But I do love Emma's logic where she's like, Okay, so the alarm company is going to call the sheriff's office first. That's me. So we got, like, probably about three minutes before Regina gets notified and comes here. And is like, and, like, Sydney is just like, wait, what? What's going on? Her calculations are a little wrong, we'll find out. Well, yeah, because Regina's literally always in the next room waiting to fuck with Emma. (laughs) Because drama is everywhere Mm -hmm. with her. So they go into her laptop. They find, like, plans for something. They don't know what it really looks like. They're trying to figure it out. They're like, fuck it, print it. We got to get shit going and get out of here. Am I misremembering this? Or does Emma actually say I'm in as she hack- as she's hacking? She probably does. I feel like she did. It's probably like early 90s, wave your hands over the keyboard and have a uh, sound, just pl- plug in a bunch of clicking sounds. Yeah, just <laughs> it's Angelina Jolie and hackers, right? So while the plans are printing, they're looking around. Emma finds this key ring, this old, huge key ring with dozens of keys on it. And all the keys look like the key to the box that Henry gave Jeannie in the fairy tale. It's old looking and it's got a skull for the handle. So, you know, something bad shit's happening with it. You know what those are for, right? The box. The heart vault. That's what I thought it was, no, but, it like, we find out that the key that's there was just for that box, and there ain't no heart in that box. It looks similar, but those keys that Emma finds are for the vault. Okay. Yeah. So she puts the keys back, and as they're looking around more, because Emma wants to find Henry's storybook, story book, that was unintentional. That wasn't even supposed to be a joke. <laughs> So as they're looking, Regina comes in, turns off the alarm because she's right there. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. What are you doing here, Emma? The geography of Storybrooke is an enigma. Storybook? 
<laughs> like it does not like, there there is no rhyme or reason where anyone is at any point in town. The town is only three blocks long. But apparently not. It's I love it. I would love for someone to like put together a speculative map of how this town is set up. This is not the first time you've said that. I know. And we still haven't gotten it. Audience, you've got some work to do. Chop, chop. you got homework now. I know you didn't sign up for that, but too bad. <laughs> also, Emma, when she gets caught, just does not care. She doesn't. And she comes up with, like, good rationale. At least good enough that Regina stops questioning. She knows that it's a lie, but it's plausible enough that right. she goes through. But Sydney's there, and he's got no reason. Cannot lie. Absolutely not. Well, wait till later. Yeah. And back again. Jeez. This thing switches back and forth between Storybrooke and Fairytale so much. Yeah. Just like, it hurts. It almost hurts how much it does. Back in Fairytale, Queen Regina is thrilled to see Jeannie come into her room. He's brought the box, but before any attention is paid to it, they kiss. Once Regina does open it, we see that inside are two very scaly, very CGI'd snakes. Agraban vipers. So deadly they can kill with a single bite. And there's two of them. It's it's double-headed. I'm pretty sure it's one snake. If it's one snake that's double-headed, then that's really weird with the way that they actually uh, do bite later on. Well, doesn't it like go around the back of his neck? And, like, one on each side. Yeah, because it's like snake... Snake, then goes up and gets him. Let's get to it later. Yeah, yeah, true. Regina's plan is to get bit herself, to end her suffering and free her from this torture. But Jeannie suggests that the king should die instead. Very convenient plan. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if Regina was playing a role. Never. Or She or, was wearing white. This is good Regina. She's so innocent. Back in Maine, Maine, Henry is writing down as much as he can remember from his book, Once Upon a Time. He needs to write it all down before he forgets. And he's approached by the stranger. Did we ever learn his name, by the way? Nope, we haven't learned the stranger's name yet. Okay, so just he's the stranger. That's going to be coming. Just you wait. Speaking of things that are coming, he's wearing a shirt that's very open. I'm yeah. like, hi. Yeah, he is a very attractive man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's asking questions about the book that Henry's writing. When Henry's like, why the fuck are you here? Henry, for once, showing some level of, like, genre savviness. I'm like, why are you, a grown adult, talking to me, a ten-year-old child? This does not make sense. Right? The, uh, the stranger says he's a writer, and then basically just fucks off. Yeah, he does, he's like, oh, hey, oh, it's an interesting book you got there. Or an interesting book you're writing. Are you a writer? I'm a writer. We should be writers together. 30-year-old man. Now we cut. Still in Storybrooke, though. Sydney and Emma are looking over the papers they printed out. And Sydney is stoked if they found proof that she used city money for personal use. And Emma slumps down. She's sad they stooped to Regina's level. This evidence is... Wait for it. Fruit of a poisonous tree. We got him, boys. Episode name in. Yeah, I was I, out of everything in this episode. I didn't expect that that was going to be where they got the title from. The evidence that they stole. I was like, it works. Hey, you know, 
It's illegally obtained evidence, which will get thrown out in any court. Sidney doesn't care because he doesn't want this to go legally. He wants it to go in the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. Finally, Sidney confesses something else to Emma. He pulls out a box with hundreds of photos. Regina has been coercing Sidney to follow Emma and Henry and take pictures of them together and report back to Regina. So I have I have a little bit of a pet peeve. The photos that Sydney is showing, I went back and I rewatched it because I was like, is this something that does annoy me or not? You know the thing in a show where it's like, oh, here's a photo that was taken of you from like when you were talking to Henry at this like this previous episode that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. And it's literally a screen cap from the episode uh-huh. that bugs me so much where it's like. just get a separate picture from like a different angle because it's like you look at it and it's like no I clearly have seen that on my own television screen it bugs me so much Um, they do it in Doctor Who all the time and it's like it's so noticeable where it's like very clearly this exact thing where it's like no you just didn't even like that's not even archival footage that's just the shot you used for the the scene is that what they did? yes where they to be fair they were they were much more, um, I think, surreptitious about it on Once Upon a Time than they are in a lot of shows. Where, like, one of the photos is uh, Emma and Henry walking out of Granny's. And it's from a distance, so it does look like it was, like, someone in a car across the street or something. But that was how the shot was. Mm. But the thing, the thing that, like, immediately was like, oh, they're doing this exact thing that bugs me. Is the photo after that is, like, very clearly, it's, like, right next to Henry and Emma. And it's like... And they're sitting in the castle. They, no, no, no. It's the one where they're, like, on the street, and it's like, they would have seen the camera. Oh. It's, like, literally, like, the distance you are from me, from where that picture must have been taken. And it's like, oh, come on. It's not that hard to just restage a couple photos while you're filming that scene. Next, we get to Regina banging Gavel to begin a city council meeting. It's a very full city council meeting, too. I mean, in small town politics, everyone's involved, I guess. I wouldn't know. I live in Chicago. The the hall that they're doing this in is like massive. Like, oh, there's like not not like fifty I'm, people. I'm not like reading the show. Like, it looks really cool. It's just like, wow, this is a really packed city hall meeting. It was like Parks and Rec level of like everyone is here and like is going to like say something about how I think she- they're all background characters too. Oh, they are. It's yeah, like, they're, I don't think we don't only- have Ruby. We don't have Archie. We. The only person that is, like, known is Mr. Gold. I love Gold! And the camera does very intentionally look at him yeah. oh, a lot. So as things are starting to get going, Sydney stands up to raise an issue, but he's shut down by Regina because that's just how she do. Emma stands up instead to assert her main character privilege to raise the issue instead. She says Regina's been using city funds to build a house in the middle of the woods and that she got Sidney fired because he stood up to her because she's a bully and a thug. Regina flashes a gotcha bitch yeah. smile. Regina's like, oh, you fell right into my trap, you dumb idiot. You've activated my trap card. No, not, not jar of monsters. Pot of gold. No. Pot of Mr. Gold. No. God damn it. She very conveniently changes the slide on the PowerPoint right behind her. Yeah, she was ready for this. 100%. And uh, to sh- it shows the plan- the mock-up of the playhouse that she was going to have built in the middle of the woods. 
away from the rest of the town mm-hmm. for all the kids to play in. Yeah, it is very... I mean, it does have a street address, but it is in the middle of the woods. What street? No, they, they like, say the street earlier. Sure, they say it, but, like... It's like Old Yale Road, because that's where Regina's meeting Mr. Gold. It is... I'm not saying it's not weird, but they do, it is a numbered street address for this place. Yeah, I, I guess... But anyway, the ho- the playhouse is supposed to be a place for the kids to be able to play and have it actually be safe. Like my son. And all the kids. But mostly my son. Miss Swan. The plans are inspired by a drawing in one of my son's books, which actually is very good because right before that, I had noted that... It looks kind of like King Leopold's castle. Oh, yeah, it's fully the Evil Queen's castle. And then really I deleted cool. it and put it afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's that's actually a really good connection. Yeah, like, yeah, it's inspired that, that way. That was really neat. After this reveal, the camera show turns and looks at Mr. Gold. He oh. looks just a little bit disappointed. And Sydney and Emma look really defeated. Yeah, this was, this was like checkmate, bitch. Like, you're done. Yeah, done. Yeah, finished. Goodbye. See ya. Like, Regina baited Emma into making a giant ass of herself in front of the entire town. But wait, there's more. Yeah, there's always more. It's time for the end of episode more. Stop trying to make fetch happen. King Leopold lays sleeping in his bed. Jeannie comes in and releases the vipers from the box. They crawl under the covers, and each head is on either side of his neck, and they bite his neck from either side, Mm -hmm. which is why it's super weird that it was just one snake two-headed. I thought—I don't know. I could swear it was, but also, like, we only ever really saw the snakes in that box. Yeah, we only see the heads of the snake. We don't see the tails, so— isn't but don't they specifically say it is a viper, not vipers, right? Well, I mean, they only refer to it as the Agraben viper. So, but like that's that's a species name. I don't know. It's confusing. It's probably not worth <laughs> sitting here and debating. But I could have swore it was like. No, was- we're gonna build an investigative committee to f- dig in on this. Yeah, stay tuned for uh, on our Instagram. We will debunk this and uh, we will let you know if it is two snakes or a cat dog situation. I've just decided I'm too tired to continue this. <laughs> <laughs> the snake's bite snake bites Leopold and while that's happening uh, Jeannie grabs Leopold's hand and confesses everything. I'm the one that stole your heart. It's a, well, now we know how uh, King Leopold died. We do. And actually, it was a pretty good, uh, it was a pretty good quote from Jeannie. As you wished for my freedom, I must now free your queen. Which, like, fucking betrayal was sweet on his end. We'll get there to ruin that. Yeah. Outside the Storybrook Town Hall, Emma and Sydney run into Mr. Gold, who tries to offer his services to help them take down Regina. Emma shuts him down because we saw what happened before. And as he walks away, Regina comes up to talk to Emma alone. Emma's stunt played right into Regina's hands. And she tells Emma to stay away from Henry because after that very public display, there's not a judge in the world that wouldn't agree to a restraining order on Emma. Although if that were really Regina's plan, then why wouldn't Regina just do it? Not just threaten it. Hmm. Cause like, 
Actions speak louder than words. Do it, bitch. I won't hesitate. At the new playhouse, Henry is playing, sees Emma watching in her car, and talks to her on the walkie-talkie that he just keeps on him now. The big, old, bulky thing that's bigger than his head. So, this playground, you know, the play castle that Regina built in the middle of the woods, Regina wanted a safer one than the wooden one that was by the by the cape and by the coast and all that. So, this new play castle that Regina built has metal spikes instead of wooden spikes. The metal spikes are above the kids' heads. Sure. With all these trees around that any of these kids could climb and get impaled on, it's, it's not lost on me that it's like, it looks cool. I think it's a really neat thing. But this objectively looks way more unsafe than the one that Regina was like, we have to get rid of it. It's very unsafe here. Maybe it would be better if there were like a hamburglar there. A hamburglar? Mm-hmm. The rest of the McDonald's uh, cast of characters. Oh, it's, uh, it's Regina's play place? Is that what? Yeah. Okay. I was just like, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> So they're talking on the walkie-talkies, and Emma explains how and why she can't see Henry for a while, and she promises to find the book. Speaking of the book, we see a pair of hands cut the lock on the box that holds Once Upon a Time. Oh yeah, this is it. I liked this bait and switch, because the whole episode you think Regina has it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then it's... The hands open the box and pick it up, and as the camera follows the book, as the person holding it brings it to their face... It's very manly hands. We see that it's the stranger that has it. The very attractive man... Who's a writer? Is a soft soul? At Granny's diner, Emma sits down next to Sydney, and she joins him for a beer. They commemorate that they were lured into a trap, and they cheers to never getting fooled again. Cut fairy tale. Jeannie comes into Regina's room, thrilled to bring the news that King Leopold is dead. Regina tells Jeannie the other half of the equation. The guards found the snakes. I think they did specify plural snakes, by the that way. That could be, yeah. Uh the Agraban Vipers, and know that it was Jeannie that killed the king. That's when Jeannie puts it all together. Yeah, Regina is on some, like, Rumpelstiltskin level of, like, okay, how am I going to double-cross every person that I ever meet? That's why having those two interact is so good. Yeah. Yeah, They're just winding around each other. They are both on that shit, and, oh, it's good. It's really good. Of all the snakes in the world... It was a viper from the same land the genie is from that was brought by her father. You never loved me. You don't love me. Pheromones. I, I typed that not thinking of that, but as soon as I said it, that's what, you said it, that's what that face you was. You never loved me. Queen Regina turns around and cranks that drama back up to 11. Yeah, this is, we see, like, Regina drop the act. She goes full evil queen mode here. It's wild. Loved you. I wanted the king killed and you killed him. Be grateful I offered you an escape. There is no way we will ever be together. We are never, ever gonna be together. (laughs) Love, I love Taylor Swift. Richie Swift. <laughs> Jeannie pulls out the lamp and makes his fatal mistake. His wish that he has left unused is now going to get used. I wish to be with you forever, 
to look upon your face always, to never leave your side. And in a puff of smoke, he calls out in agony from the mirror in her hand, realizing he just got played by himself. What a dumb idiot. Congratulations. He's trapped himself once again. He fell for his own goddamn magic always comes at a price. I'm not going to use this. And then he traps himself in a mirror. Back in Storybrooke, Sydney meets with Regina in her office and plays the recording that he made in the diner. Turns out he's been a double agent working for Regina this entire episode. What a twist! Turns out that he's the subbiest sub and the most toxic dumb sub relationship I've ever seen. He was also the one that cut the brakes on the car and appears to have no regrets. He's now Regina's inside man. The episode closes as Regina rubs her hand on his knee and thigh and says very sensually, I don't know what I'd do without you, Sydney." That was a twist. I forgot that that happened, and I was like, God fucking damn it. But the layers on layers of double-crossing here are... This show is truly an onion. Yeah, yeah, or parfait. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just like all over the place. You, it, I, this was a really good one. I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. <laughs> there was so much like, fucking really? Yeah, yeah, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> The next episode is called Skin Deep. This is where they integrate the acclaimed 1997 film Face Off, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, they they, they could get Cage, but they weren't able to get Travolta. So but, get ready for that. I suppose as a backup, if I had to guess something else, <laughs> I guess we would finally have The Stranger take a more prominent role. Skin Deep itself would probably be like... Emma realizing that Emmy's any similarities she has to Regina are skin deep or something. We find out uh, about Snow White's mysterious stepsister, skin deep. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Her skin is white as snow. Is that what it is? Fuck. Could be. You'll find out. As to what fairy tale this refers to? Fuck, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'll just give you a hint. It's a big one. Oh, thanks. It, it's one of the big ones. So uh, I, I've been really excited to get to this one with you for a while. Like a giant and Jack and the Beanstalk? That's a big one. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we'll find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Not even once. Thank you for staying with us. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you, AJ, for editing our show. Say hi, AJ. Hi! The title song is World of Magic by Scott Buckley. You can find this and more of his music at his website linked in the description. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Not Even Once Pod. Links are in the bio. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Kid Ain't Right. You can follow me on Twitter at Recycled Sarcasm. And you can email us at NotEvenOnesPod at gmail.com. Enjoy your happy ending. God, you look like God. I God. <laughs>